Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have a, a joke from another comedian. Um, her name is Natasha Legro. I don't know. You've probably seen her. I've seen her before. Yeah, she's, I mean, you can look her up. If, but she's quoting Mitch Hedberg. I don't know who that is. But it says, I'm sick of following my dreams. I'm just going to ask them where they're going and hook up with them later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got a listener email. Woohoo! Starts, hello, ghouls. I wanted to first tell you how much I love listening to you guys. I especially like hearing your cat in the background playing around. LOL. <laughs> I discovered your podcast about two months ago and have been listening to nothing else since. I love all the ghost stories you read, and I do have one myself. One morning, my then husband told me that the night before in bed, he had a really weird feeling like buzzing through his body. I passed it off as active imagination the next night, while in bed, I felt the same thing. It was like an energy or electricity going through my body. It was like my limbs could not stay still. They had to move. He said the same thing happened again to him that night, too. The only other things that have happened in that house was that my ex heard a door slam when no one else was around and no windows were open. Also, one night when I was home alone in bed with my two dogs, my bedroom door was locked because I was scared to be home alone. I heard a noise that sounded like someone running a fingernail down the door or like rubbed against it with a zipper. Of course, when I flung the door open, nothing was there. After these things, I went around the house loudly saying, you are dead. You should go toward the light. You don't belong here anymore, etc. <laughs> nothing ever happened again. Thanks for the laughs, Leanne. She put, um, she's from Sarah Vista, Arizona. And she put formerly Wisconsin, formerly of Wisconsin, land of cannibals. So I had to look that up. I was like, what the heck <laughs> is she talking about? And apparently somewhere in Wisconsin, there was a, like a, I don't know, like a nature park maybe. And they found evidence of burned human bones and so, like, people people ate people there. Ew. So, fucking nuts. There's, like, a park there now, and, like, kids go on school trips there <laughs> and shit. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. So, thank you, Leanne, so much for thank writing you. in. And that is totally creepy. I don't like the fingernails on the door. Yeah, that's creepy. really creepy. I actually had something like that happen pretty sure it was the cat though but i was sitting in the bathroom i don't know why it always happens to me when i'm on the fucking toilet but i was on the toilet and it sounded like something hit the door and then slid down it Ooh. it was super creepy i think it might have been the cat though probably but i was i literally was like what so thanks again for writing in thanks leanne okay now I've got some entitled customers today. Oh, no. This is just going to piss me off. It is. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> they are uh, their wildest irrational customer stories. 
I used to work as a manager for big box chain. I once had a customer scream at me because they bought a DVD player when they were still super expensive. And when they got home, there were encyclopedias in the box instead. Many things seemed wrong about this, but I was on the verge of making the return just to make them happy. Then I happened to open the cover of the encyclopedia and saw a belongs to inscription on the inside. On a whim, I told the customer that I just need to check your ID to complete the return. Oh my God. And it was the same name. Oh, of course it was. I just held out the open book in one hand and the ID in the other. The customer left without looking back. It's <laughs> <laughs> for like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Sorry, bye. <laughs> Uh, Not me, but my boss at the time. I work at a property management company that deals with HOAs and CAIs. I don't know what that is. I don't either. My boss once got a call from one of the residents in a community that we manage. She asked my boss to leave work, drive to Costco to see if it seemed busy and had long lines at the checkout. She then wanted my boss to call her back with this information so that she could decide if it was too busy for her to personally go out or not. What? Yeah, what? She's just like, yeah, can you go to Costco and check out how busy they are and just let me know? Like her time is more valuable than someone else's? Absolutely. What the fuck ever? I was working at a well-known grocery store in the Northeast. I had many regular customers who knew I had a horrendous seafood allergy. I can't even be around it without a reaction starting. So I would ask either, either the customer or, the, or a nearby coworker to scan any seafood items. Um, it was an, an efficient system. One day a man came through with a netted bag of oysters. When I apologized for my allergy and explained he would need to scan the bag, His face twisted, and before I could react, he wiped his hands on the oysters, grabbed my arm, and rubbed the oyster juice up and down my arm. He then laid money down and ran out the door. My coworker shoved some Benadryl down my throat, and I was sent home. What a dick. What the the fuck? Who fucking does that? Like, what? Why? What was going through that person's head? Why? What? I, I don't know. That was an asshole move, though. Yeah. Next one, as a teen, I worked at a furniture store where the customers would come to a speaker and give their order number, and I would direct them to whatever area to pick up their stuff. Too many customers would make a fast food joke. <laughs> I would play along for a bit, but some customers would push it, push this stupid joke and then get insulted when I didn't find it absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I once had someone make a, an official complaint so that I got written up because I didn't think their I'll take a number three with a Coke joke was funny. Oh, my gosh. Someone actually wrote them up for Apparently that? Apparently. Ridiculous. God. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. I worked at a Chuck E. Cheese when I was in high school and college. At the time, we had distinct roles, and I was not trained to be a cashier. I once had an older woman who wanted to buy stuffed animals from the gift section. I pulled the prizes out and gave them to the cashier and kindly told the woman to get in line. She proceeded to demand that I ring her up on the spot. I explained to her that I was not trained and thus couldn't do it. She threw a tantrum and proceeded to insult my intelligence for about 10 straight minutes, claiming I was too stupid to learn how to work a cash register 
and saying how I would never amount to anything because I work at Chuck E. Cheese. This is a fucking kid. Luckily, my manager came up and stood up for me. She went to the back of the to the back of the line and paid for her stuffed animals while she kept saying horrible things about me and my lack of intellect. If anyone's wondering, I graduated from college and got a genetics degree and currently manage a laboratory and helped set up multiple COVID testing labs. But to be fair, I still don't know how to work a cash register. <laughs> well, I think, I think what they're doing now is a little bit more important than that. Um, what the fuck? No, you need to ring up this woman's <laughs> stuffed animals. Oh, my God. I could never do retail or customer no, no not no. now not at my age i would so get fired i, I would not I never fucking, could i would not fucking put up with that i would not i mean i work now in customer service but it's not the same as yeah there's totally retail, different yeah. and it's not face to face and yeah it's yeah that's how i am i i deal with very little people outside of the people in my mm -hmm. office and i fucking hate every bit of it mm -hmm. and i don't even have to deal with that many people so, yeah, <laughs> I feel for these people so, so much. <laughs> that reminds me. So most of my stuff that I do is email based. Mm -hmm. So I had a customer send me an email. It had a bunch of shit, like it had a part number, it had a quantity and some other stuff that I didn't even know what it was. And that's all it had. <laughs> I was like, do you need a quote? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her response was to send me the exact same thing again. Uh, so I knew she wanted a quote. Yeah. She was being a bitch. Yeah. So I gave her availability. Okay. <laughs> when they would be able to get this part if they ordered it. And her response was second request. Oh, my God. Oh, and my God. What an asshole. Wait, no. What? I got it mixed up. She sent me the information or the part number. Then I asked her if she wanted a quote. She sent me the same thing. Yeah. And then about five minutes later, put second request. And then I was, then I gave her the availability. Yeah. And then she's like, I still didn't get a quote. Oh, my God. And so my response was, for a quicker response, please specify what you need when you send in your request. <laughs> and then I gave her a quote. Oh, and great. she did not respond at all. <laughs> See, I hate people like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, how am I supposed to know what you want? Why can't, what is the problem here? Yeah. Like, Why? Say, yes, I'd need a quote. Thank you. Exactly. That's all I would have taken. What is the, what, is I, that way what, too much to ask? Yeah, that's, and it's those kinds of people. Oh my God. What the fuck? That make it so difficult. But okay, and I, I totally agree with you, but what I don't understand is why they act like that in the first place. Like, what I don't happened? know. I don't, yeah. They must be like very unhappy people or something. Something, I don't know. Crazy. Ugh. Okay, next one. When I worked, I when I worked in CEX, which is an electronics pawn shop, we had tons of irate customers. 
My worst was a guy who was screaming at another member of the staff. I offered to see if I could help. I was the oldest member of the staff, so people tended to trust me more. I was 26. <laughs> he handed me over a phone that looked as if it had been marinated in garbage and then set on fire. <laughs> I politely told him that it was, in, it was in too rough a condition for us to take. He yelled at me, spat at me, and Ooh. tried to lunge at me over the counter to attack me. What? I, it was at this point that the police showed up and to escort him away as my manager had called them out of view. Wow. Like, yeah, wow. What the fuck? Next one, I worked in customer service for an ocean container shipping company. We moved containers of goods on boats from one country port to another. I once had a customer call and get upset with me because we couldn't ship his item because our boats didn't go to the destination he wanted. He legitimately couldn't understand why we couldn't just go to a different continent and drop off his shipment before heading to our original destination. (laughs) I think I eventually ended up hanging up on him after he started screaming and cussing at me. I didn't get paid enough for that job. People are so unreasonable. I know. Like, yeah, just stop by this other continent. What is the problem? (laughs) It's not like it's a five-minute detour. What the fuck? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Next one. A lady once asked me for nonstick tape. What? And was was genuinely offended when I told her, ma'am, tape is supposed to be sticky. (laughs) Non-sticky tape. What is non-stick tape? What is that? Piece of paper. What the fuck is that? Why? Why does she need non-stick tape? What? What? Oh my god! I want to know what she's making. Asking for a post-it note with no sticky stuff on the back. Yeah, that's Here's a your piece, piece of, of paper. That's a piece of paper. But yeah, non-stick tape. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's very interesting. Okay, I worked at a shoe store with a very reasonable return policy, and someone once brought brought back shoes that had been easily worn daily for three years, if not longer. <laughs> the soles had deep holes in them. The sides were completely shredded. And the canvas was filthy and the laces were caked in dirt and moments from snapping. Three different family members brought the shoes in and all tried to tell us that we sold them terrible shoes that fell apart quickly. Once they bought a new pair, they shoved the old ones in the new box and tried to return them, pretending that we were idiots. Oh, my gosh. Uh, My brother worked at a grocery store and once had a lady come in and scream at him, the 16-year-old cashier... Because the red box outside the store didn't have the movie that she wanted. (laughs) What the, what? Do they think they're going to, like, get something? Or, I I don't understand. Next one, my first ever time working a retail job was, uh, was when I was working for Nordstrom Rack several years ago. I was at the register and got called through my headset from one of my coworkers that she was going to bring up an expensive purse that the customer wanted to purchase. As store policy, any purse that is over a certain amount of money has to be unlocked from the display rack and taken up to the register by the employee who was in that department, and the customer has to wait in line and purchase their item. Long story short, the customer who wanted the bag cut in line and proceeded to go to my register. 
I politely told her that she must wait in line first and then we can help her. She was not happy about that and proceeded to curse and yell at me, waving her money in her hand, saying that she should be helped first because she was buying an expensive purse. Whatever. She left my register and I thought she was getting back in line, but instead she tried going behind the counter to get it herself. Uh, what? Thankfully... Both my manager, who was also behind the counter, and the security guard, who wasn't far away, saw what she was doing and stopped her from going any farther. She then started yelling and cursing at them as she was being escorted out by security. I don't know how I stayed so calm, but it was quite the experience. Next one, I worked at an ice cream store and once had a customer accuse us of putting pot in the ice cream and drugging her son. Oh my God. She said that after he ate the ice cream, he became lethargic. And then said that she and her best friend tried the ice cream and claimed it tasted like pot. The kid was four years old and had been out in the sun all day, so he was probably just tired by the time they had gotten to the ice cream store. When I refused to admit that there was pot in our ice cream, because there wasn't, she said that she was going to call the main store and complain, but she never did. I still think about that wild accusation to this day. <laughs> Why? Why would she even think... Okay, let me just tell you, potheads do not give their pot away. <laughs> they do not give their pot away. That costs money. <laughs> and and potheads like weed. They're not going to put it in fucking ice cream and give it to a four-year-old. Come on. So ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> I worked in retail management my entire adult life. So many customers come to mind, but this is my most recent. A gentleman called and was irate that we didn't have something in stock. He was convinced that we were lying to him, so he couldn't buy it. He called weekly to complain. At one point, he started to threaten me and my team. I filed a complaint with the company. The best part? The item he was looking for has literally never existed. Oh my God. I've never seen it or heard of it. He just found a picture of it on Facebook. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Next one, I was working at a small coffee shop inside a hospital, and we could only sell diet sodas because of the rules the hospital had about sugar content. One time, this lady went off on me about how bad diet sodas are and how they will give you cancer, and they are way worse than regular sodas. She eventually decided to get cranberry juice instead. When she came up to my register to pay, she opened up her purse, and I could see three cigarette packs. There's literally a label on those that says it will give you cancer, but she's way more concerned about a Diet Coke. Oh, my God. Next one, I waited tables all through high school at this tiny diner. One time, an older man ordered the eggs Benedict. For some reason, the kitchen placed the eggs next to and not on top of the English muffin. <laughs> Sorry. man was so furious he had to count down from 10 under his breath to attempt to calm oh himself God. down not knowing what to do i offered to bring it back to the kitchen so they could move the eggs onto the bread he was so angry he threw a spoon at my head oh my God. What the fuck? <laughs> wow these people need lives i or yeah something next one i worked at Worked in a bookshop while I was at university, and a woman tried to return a book that had very, very clearly been read, probably more than once. Broken spine, folded pages, etc. She told me that it was okay to read something once, then return it if you don't like it, like keeping the tags on a nice dress. 
I pointed out to her that you shouldn't do that with a dress either, and she threw the book on the floor and stormed off, but weirdly paused to check out new releases before she left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) What the fuck? I worked at a Best Buy for eight years. My rudest customer story came from a man who thought his TV remote was broken. He came into the store looking to to speak to a manager. Uh, When he was told that the manager was dealing with another customer and would be with him shortly, he freaked out. This man began screaming at our customer service, flailing his arms and yelling obscenities. As the loss prevention lead, I had to deal with customers who were out of control and try and calm them down. I walked over to see if I could calm him down, something I've done a thousand times. This man was one of the few ones I could not tame. He ultimately ended up throwing the remote at one of our service customer reps, being removed from the premises, and being issued a criminal trespass. I worked at a movie theater for five years. I have some fun stories. One of my favorite is this one. There was a woman who saw Sausage Party. Remember that weird sexual (laughs) movie about a grocery store? Right after it came out and asked for a supervisor halfway through. She then proceeded to scream at me that we were heathens for showing a movie with a lesbian taco in it. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with the with the rest of the movie, just the lesbian taco. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, (laughs) I worked in a gas station, and after I put 95 liters of fuel into a guy's car, he told us we we couldn't have put that much fuel in because his tank was 95 liters, and he already had a bit of fuel in there. I explained that the fuel tank size can vary from what is listed, even showing him an official article about it, but he was adamant that we were conning him and he shouldn't have to pay for the fuel. He even refused our offer for offer to pay for 90 liters and have the rest knocked off the total. When we told him we'd get the police involved, if he tried to leave without paying, he started kicking off and saying the customer's always right, and he tried to convince our other customers that we were con artists. In the end, we told him to leave and never come back and reported him to the police as as soon as he left. Next one, I used to work for Walmart as a cashier. I was sitting on a stool because I have a physical disability that affects my legs. And the very first thing a customer said to me was, so why do you get to sit? In a really accusatory tone. None of your fucking business. Exactly. Fuck off. I told her it was for medical reasons. She then went on a curse-filled rant about how being fat wasn't a disability, that she was going to report me to welfare, which I'm not on, and that I should get off my lazy ass and give her my stool because she had been shopping for so long. She shut up when I had to go around the the register and she saw my leg braces. Oh my God, I fucking hate people. And this is my last one. I currently work for a company that supplies and fits windows. We had a customer call us screaming on the phone that the sales representative we had sent to her house was incompetent and we needed to send another because he wouldn't comply with her simple request. I spoke to him and he said this woman wanted a new window in her bathroom that overlooked her back garden. This shouldn't be an issue until he explained that her bathroom was at the front of the house. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can't they perform magic? 
What? Yeah. Like, why is that too much to fucking ask? Just make it to where when I look out this window, I see my backyard. <laughs> I, there is no way. What the fuck? I, what? No way I could do what? this. No. That person has to be on fucking drugs. What? Did she really? What? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Unbelievable. I thought it was gonna say like, you know, the window is a different shade. Or too or high or like something. That's what I thought. Not in it was in front her- of the house. <laughs> what the fuck? It's a simple request. Oh my god. <sighs> Unbelievable. All right. I am just continuing my stories from last week. When I was 12 years old, my sister and her husband and their two-year-old, my niece, don't know why they had to put that in there, (laughs) moved into a house on the next block. The family who vacated the house had moved because their teenage daughter had a friend who was missing and the strain was too much for the girl. I was spending the night on a weekend, and I was downstairs with my sister and niece doing laundry. As we went up the stairs to the main floor, I turned to help my niece up the stairs. She had been playing around the basement and talking to herself, or so I thought. As I turned to grasp her hand, she said, Come on, lady, come on. I was amazed to see a girl of about 16 or 17 standing at the base of the stairs dressed in a white dress with her arms outstretched. What? She was missing her right hand. On numerous occasions, I was to see this ghost. Mm-hmm. It was nothing to wake. It was nothing to wake up and find her sitting on the bed or looking into your face. Yeah. I would follow her down the hall into the living room or into my niece's room. Several months passed, and the missing girl was found. She had been mutilated and cut into many pieces by a machete. Oh God! Her right hand was missing when they found her. It seems that she was supposed to go to her girlfriend's house after work on the night she disappeared. She never got there. She was abducted and murdered. Her best friend kept seeing her in the house, and her family thought she was nuts. Hence the reason they moved, and my sister rented the house. Oh, my God. I have heard that the girl still haunts the house, and it never stays occupied long. My sister lived there longer than anyone else. She is psychic, and she said that she never felt threatened by the girl. To this day, it still gives me the cold chills and nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. And she's talking about it like, I followed her down yeah. the hallway. What? Some people just can handle stuff differently, I yeah. guess. I don't know how I would handle it, honestly. I know. I would be scared out of my mind. I think I would, too, but I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I've had several weird experiences with electronic and electrical devices since my mother-in-law passed away about five years ago. First was a touch light lamp. It would come on in the middle of the night, two or three times a night. That went on for about a year, a few times a month. The lamp was given to my husband from his mother, so I believe she was trying to get our attention. During the same time frame, my daughter was has an electronic guitar. It would make a sound like someone was touching one of the keys over and over, slowly, until I would go pick it up and move it. There was never anything sitting on it to make it go off. We moved from our apartment that we were renting into our house that we built on my mother's family land. 
I thought maybe there was just a presence in the apartment, but I believe whatever it is followed us here. <laughs> a sleep and snore Ernie doll would start talking in the middle of the night until I finally took out the batteries. I was so freaked out I hid it in my closet. Then a Furby started making strange defective sounds during the night, clicking its eyes and mouth. That one usually went off around midnight, so it freaked me out even more. <laughs> I took the batteries out of that one, too, and also hid it in the closet. My husband always just thought I was crazy until the alarm clock went off one night while we were about to go to sleep. The alarm wasn't even set. He finally had to admit that all of this was too strange and he was a little freaked out by then. Nothing has happened since then. I believe the presence was just simply trying to get his attention, although I can't figure out why. <laughs> I will never forget the strange things that happened to me in the house I grew up in when I was 15 and 16 years old. I lived with my parents, one sister, four dogs, and two cats. Whenever I was home alone, the phone would ring. I would answer it only to hear nothing. It was very quiet, like a vacuum of sound. I would say hello a couple of times, but would hear no answer, breathing, or laughing. After about 30 seconds, I would hear faint violin music in the background, very old-fashioned sounding for a few seconds, and then the dial tone. Sometimes this would happen in the middle of the night, I told my family about the calls and was told to hang up and forget about it. The second thing that began happening to me, I will try to describe as best I can. When I would be home alone, I often would finish homework or clean up the kitchen while playing the stereo. My dad was very accommodating when it came to my sisters and my need to hear Aerosmith and several others loudly by installing speakers not only in the living room, but also in the kitchen. Anyway, there was one night... There I was one night scrubbing pans and listening to Roger Daltrey, and I heard someone running across the floor upstairs, which was my sister's room. Immediately, I turned off the water and stealth stealthily ran to the living room to shut off the stereo and listen. I heard no more sounds. I concluded that I was hearing things and went back to my dishes and music. After about ten minutes, it happened again. This time, after shutting off the water and the stereo, I grabbed the largest knife I could find in the kitchen and prayed and began ascending the stairs to find out what the noise was. After making it to the top with my heart in my mouth, I went into my sister's room and started turning on lamps. I gratefully saw no one, saw no one, but I knew I had to look further. I checked her closet, not easy, then my room, closet, guest room, and storage closet. My search turned up no one. This event happened to me about six more times over the next year. Each time it was the same. The last item to describe happened when I was not alone. My girlfriend Sarah was sitting in my kitchen after school at about 3.15 p.m. After chatting for a few minutes, we heard a tremendous crash coming from my sister's room. It seemed to make the ceiling vibrate and the impact, and it sounded like muffled glass breaking. I said, did you hear that? She said, yes. Thank God, I said. She had been through this before, but Sarah insisted we both venture up the stairs armed with the turkey carving knife and the largest Jinsu knife I could find. I think it's Jinsu. Sounds like. We found nothing amiss in my sister's room except for an old suitcase of my deceased grandfather's lying on its side in her closet. It was locked, but it seemed to be empty. It was leather, old, and weighed about two pounds. We placed it upright and went downstairs. In about 15 minutes, the crash was heard again. Again, we ventured upstairs to find the suitcase lying on its side. 
The suitcase had fallen, but there was no way it could have made such a crash as we heard, which sounded like a large television being dropped on the floor. In about ten minutes, it happened again. The suitcase was lying on its side. We had placed it upright again. We decided to leave it lying on its side and went downstairs. We left the house for about 20 minutes to go out and did not hear it again. Now, is that someone trying to get their attention? That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. Not, not long after my mother died, I had a recurring weird experience. It was baby season, and lots of my friends and family were having their first or second children, which was nice considering the recent bereavement. Naturally, I spent a lot of time visiting and seeing the new babies and families. What was strange was that any time I visited my friends' babies, even brand new as in a few days old, the babies would lock, lock onto me as soon as I entered a room. They would stare at me and just over my right shoulder. Babies supposedly don't have great vision, but without fail, they looked at me. This happened with multiple babies, different people, houses, the lot. So I had noticed and mentioned it to my significant other, who is deeply religious, and said she'd read about spirits staying with people for a time after their death, and maybe that was what the babies were looking at. I didn't believe this and put it down to a fluke or me just being a stranger to them. I'm in no way religious and have never believed in ghosts or spirits among us. However, for several weeks after my mother's death, this repeated itself. (laughs) The moment that really convinced me there was something about me that was attracting the baby's gaze was when I was holding my significant other's nephew, who was maybe six weeks old and still tiny and not very aware, I was holding him in my arms out for my body, and he was looking over my right shoulder, and I mean he was transfixed on something, mouth open, eyes wide, and didn't move his gaze. I mean laser focused on something. It didn't change if I spun around or moved. Then he starts smiling at it and giggling. All (laughs) I'm doing at this point is holding him, and there's nothing but a wall behind me as he's laughing. He wasn't laughing from the spinning or moving. It was just when we stopped. This happened for several weeks with different babies and then stopped. I can't explain it. It was in 2010, and I've been around a lot of babies between then and now, and it's never happened again. Most babies don't even look in my direction unless I draw their attention. That's weird. That is weird. I'm a sound sleeper and never wake during the night, but one particular night I awoke and knew something was wrong. I propped myself up on my elbow and opened my eyes. To my surprise, the chair that is normally in the corner was in the middle of the room facing me, with a girl of about 16, I would say, sitting in it. She was in a white dress and appeared to be from the 1800s or early 1900s. I knew she was there, and I was calm until she spoke. She didn't move anything except her her lips, saying, Hi, Greg. Well, after that, I knew it was real and panicked and laid back down, putting the pillow over my head to try to fall back asleep. (laughs) But here's the unbelievable part, and no one believes me to this day. I could feel her pushing on my shoulder, trying to get my attention. At this time, if I removed the pillow, I would be staring her in the face. Removing that pillow was not on my list. I'm not sure what happened next, but I think I must have fainted or something. Whoever she was, she had a message. A message I didn't let her give me. Holy shit, that's creepy. Yeah, it is. Never heard of one talking... Yeah. And two, pushing on his shoulder like, hey. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when a lot of times when you hear, a, you know, a story like that, they are trying to talk, but you either can't hear them. 
Well, didn't he say there wasn't any sound? I thought. Said just her lips were moving, but he knew, or he could tell she was saying. No, it said she didn't move anything except her lips saying, hi, Greg. Huh. Weird. But, like, they don't either, they either don't hear anything or it's, like, garbled. Like, you can't understand what they're saying. Weird. That makes me wonder if, like, are ghosts in different levels or something where they can do more? That's or? almost what it seems like. Like, some, because some can, like, physically move things. Yeah. And I was watching uh, Dead Files today, and she was talking about um, spirits or whatever that A-port. What's that? That's when things are one place, they disappear and end up somewhere oh. else. Oh, yeah. Creepy. I don't know. Okay, so this happened about five years ago. My grandfather was who I considered to be my dad because my own father was going through so much that he wasn't being the best dad he could be. My grandfather was always there for me and was my best friend. He passed away. I remember coming home the day he died and learning that he had a massive heart attack While he was out fishing, I was devastated. The night after the first part of his funeral, I had basically cried myself to sleep, curling in a tight ball, cradling my dog. That's when I started dreaming. I had walked into an empty funeral home. It was dark. I could almost smell flowers, and everything was extremely clear, very real. You see, my grandfather's casket was closed, thank God. He didn't want his family seeing him as a corpse. I turned into the room where he was laid out, coffin still closed tight. I started towards it. I wasn't afraid, even if the atmosphere was dark. I eventually made it to where he was, and it opened. My grandfather sat up, pulled me into a hug, and told me everything was okay now. I woke up with tears in my eyes. These encounters didn't stop there. There was a moment when I went to visit his grave. It was a summer day, but a chilling wind struck me while I stood there by myself. I'd been talking to him just about everything and how much I missed him when a cold hand grasped my shoulder. Then I had more dreams, mostly us talking, and then it became scary. Not in a bad way, just I wasn't expecting it. I caught whiff of his smell one time. He had this scent to him that lingered in his room and his car, a cinnamon smell because he always got coffee before he went out on a fishing trip. What's that got to do with cinnamon? I don't know. I was home alone in my old house making myself something to eat when the smell hit me. It was around 9.30 and I swear I saw a figure, short, hunched, standing out of the corner of my eye. I didn't dare move, of course. I was alarmed. But I wasn't afraid. I kind of smiled to myself and said, Hi, Grandpa. I believe in this stuff. My grandfather himself was crazy with paranormal stuff. He saw stuff I couldn't. The same goes with my dad. He saw stuff in our old apartment that I can't explain. But that's another story. Crazy. Let me start off by saying I don't believe in any type of God, goddess, etc. But lately this belief has been, to say the least, shaken. It all started about two or three months ago. I'm not exactly sure when. It was fairly late, near midnight or one, when I got an uvu call? O-O-V-O-O? I don't know. Call from my friend. Because of privacy reasons, we'll call this friend Sky. So when I got the call, I answered it without thinking. Sky was the kind of friend who would 
call you late at night to tell you something stupid. So I answered, expecting to see her there, except she wasn't. Still not thinking much of it, I said, Sky, it's fucking late. What do you want? To my shock, instead of a hello, I heard laughter. Very high-pitched laughter. The kind you would hear from a little girl. Needless to say, now I was creeped out, so I asked her what she wanted, except a little more rude. This time, all, all that I heard was, Sky's not here, in the same tone as the laughter. Yeah. I was done. As quickly as I could, I hit the hang-up button and turned off my laptop. Fast forward to about a week later, and I asked Sky about the call. The only reason I had put it off until then was because I had convinced myself that it was a prank. Except to my horror, when I asked her about it, she told me I wasn't home then. No one should have been up. No one should have been up then. After I nearly shit myself and we talked about it some more, I learned that no one in the house even knew how to work her laptop. So after about an hour of trying to forget this, I could tell something was wrong with Skye. After I finally asked her, she told me that recently she had been hearing scratching coming from her closet. She also said at first she thought it was just one of her pets, but one night she was able to tell that it was coming from the inside and that the same night she heard what sounded like things being thrown around in there. Now here's what really freaks the fuck out of both of us. The day after she heard things being thrown around inside her closet, she decided to look in it. The inside of the door was covered in scratches and her things were everywhere. We decided to tell the rest of our small friend group about what had been happening, and to add to our horror, one of our friends said she had been waking up to mysterious scratches on her for about a week. At first, they had only been red spots like a bug bite, but recently they looked like someone dragged a razor across them. I knew that they could be lying, but I've seen the claw marks on Skye's door and the scratches on my other friend's skin. I trust these people with my life, and we've been friends for quite some time. I know they didn't do these things themselves. I think something else is at work here, and last night I think I saw it. I woke up at about one to see a figure standing over my bed. I couldn't, and well, still can't, figure out what the hell it was. It had the rough outline of a person, but the rest of it was blurry, almost see-through, like steam coming off a grill. I could see it, but I could also see through it. As for details, I couldn't make out any, but I swear I could feel it smiling. Like when you're with someone who is incredibly happy and smiling, you can feel the joy coming off them. This thing was also calming. I could have moved and screamed if I wanted to, but I felt safe and at peace. Nothing has happened today, but I'm scared to go to sleep. I'm scared for my friends. And to be honest, I don't think that's the last time I'll be seeing that thing. And this is all true. That's fucking weird. That was very contradicting. They said they felt safe, but they're too scared to... Yeah. Weird. It's creepy, though. Maybe just scared because that's not something that you see. Maybe. You know, normally. Yeah. But... That's creepy. Yeah. I'm not usually one that believes in the paranormal, but this made me question everything. My girlfriend had always told me her house was haunted. I'd always hear creaks and stuff upstairs and the occasional footstep, but I always played it off as normal house noises until one night in August of this year. We were downstairs watching TV like usual, about to go to bed, when we both got a very weird feeling almost simultaneously. She gave me a weird look, and I didn't think anything of it, so we went to bed. 
After a few minutes of her on Twitter and me on Reddit, we put our phones down and roll over to go to sleep. Then we both hear the words, good night, in a child's voice. Doesn't seem too strange, right? Well, considering there weren't children in the house, we both looked at each other like, why would you say good night like that? (laughs) Then we realized neither of us had said it, and we left our room fairly quickly. We went downstairs to lay on the couch and watch a little TV and come to our senses and figure out where those words could have come from. Then we both got that someone's watching you feeling. Not like, oh, that dude over there has been staring at me, but a something will not take their eyes off me no matter what I do feeling. So we decided it best to leave the house. We went to walk out the front door, but right as we were about to open it, we heard the child's voice again. This time it came from the balcony right above us in the entryway, entryway, clear as day, and a child said, Mommy and Daddy. We look at each other, I may or may not have screamed, and we ran to my car and decided to drive to the one place that was open in our shitty small Oregon town, Walmart. The problem was, as soon as we got in the car, we knew something had come with us, and it was pissed at us for leaving. The second we got into my Honda, there was nothing but the feeling of hate instilled into both of us for no reason whatsoever. Whatever it was filled the car with hate. It's now about 4 a.m. and I have to be at work in five hours, so we decide to go back to our house and try to get some sleep and see what happens. We walk into the front door and nothing but quiet. We walk up the stairs, turn right, and suddenly it sounds like a dog is growling from her upstairs bathroom. It takes me a second, though, because I grew up with dogs, and all I could think was that it was just mine in there being weird. Five seconds later, I realize I'm at her house, and no dog has ever set paw in there. Something was fucking growling at me, and I had no idea what. At this point, I'm fucking pissed at whatever is happening because I'm tired and need to sleep for work, so I come up with this brilliant plan of talking shit to whatever is causing all these problems. The only thing that sticks out at this point is me yelling, if you're so pissed, do something about it. Right after that, I feel something pull my shirt. I turned around thinking my girlfriend is playing a very unfunny joke on me, but no, she was still downstairs. Something pulled my shirt. After that, I decided it was time to leave for the night. At 6 a.m., we get in my car and drive to my mom's house. The car ride was much less hate-filled and all the bad feelings were gone for a while. I went to work while my girlfriend slept at my mom's place, and when I got off, we went back to her house to check things. Everything seemed fine, except for the one picture of us she had hanging on her wall was knocked to the ground like something out of a fucking horror movie. She was too exhausted to care about my safety at that point, and I was so tired I was willing to let whatever was there kill just so I could get some rest. Two weeks later, we moved out and haven't had any problems since. I never believed in the paranormal at all until this happened. I still question it. My brain thinks there has to be a logical explanation to all of it, and I'm sure there is. But I know she believes, and a piece of me believes that there's something else in that house. I was laying in my bed, the room door in front of me wide open and to the left. I could see the room where the front door was. I started to freak out for no reason and started sweating. I, for some reason, knew shit was about to happen and I was about to witness something. About five minutes later, laying hot in sweat, I fucking saw it. There was a door in the back of the room with the front door that was storage. 
A black outlined humanoid figure walks out, mildly mildly static looking. It takes a few steps towards the front door, then stops. Does a military-like turn facing me. At this point, I'm freaking the shit out, eyes wide. It walks into my room and stops beside my bed. Does one more military turn facing me. At that point, I figured, what have I got to lose? I noped the fuck out and ran through the thing, ran upstairs to my parents' bedroom and knocked furiously at the door, waiting to let, waiting for them to let me in. Eyes focused on the stairs, making sure it wasn't following me. Nothing. I slept with my parents for the next few nights. These people are horrible at writing, I'm telling you. It's still super creepy. Yeah. All right, this is the last one. About three years ago, me and a friend had snuck out to see a boy. We met him in his car and listened to music for a few minutes. He was cute, but a stranger. Maybe had said five words to the guy before. My friend and him started kissing and doing things while I sit uncomfortably next to them. I get out of the car and run back to her house in the pouring rain. When I get to her room, I throw most of my wet clothes off and sit on her sister's bed in the dark. At first, I was pissed. She'd go at it with a guy I thought was cute. Then I panicked, realizing that neither of us knew him well. He'd done crazy jail time worthy things, and my best friend was in his car alone. I couldn't breathe and put my knees to my chest, trying to get air slowly. I started to hear the shrill, inhuman chattering sound and looked around. My friend's bed was pushed into a corner, and on the wall there was a black figure. It had spindly arms and legs and a body that hunched at an extreme angle. Its fingers were long with extra joint. It loomed over her bed, bending almost halfway over it. She came into the room, throwing light on the wall, and it vanished. She saw me with my hands over my ears, trying to keep the sound out, hyperventilating, staring at her wall. I didn't sleep all night, just staring at her wall, making sure it didn't come back for her. I don't know. Freaking weird stories. (laughs) With people that don't know how to write. That's all I got. All right. I got more creepy stranger stories. Cool. First one, it was my one of my grandfather's old war buddies who told nine-year-old me in great and gruesome details about when he used to sneak into the enemy's camp and come back with a bag of fingers. Oh, what? His, uh, one of his grandfather's old war buddies oh. would do that. Next one, I knew a guy in college who would befriend attractive single women but only one at a time. He'd then make it his mission to become their best friend. While he was with them, he'd be super kind and loving, always flirty, but never crossing the line, to the point where he seemed to intentionally get them wanting to date him without ever asking them out. While he was with his guy friends, however, the women he didn't find attractive, he'd open openly talk about his fantasies of torturing and murdering people, particularly women. On two separate occasions, I remember a group of us approaching the woman he was currently hanging out with and asking her to be careful. One just brushed us off and told us we were being ridiculous, but the other actually became furious that we would mischaracterize him like that. I'll never forget her saying, We spend all night cuddling and talking. I know him better than anyone if he would never say that. Then the next day, there, there he would be, Joking about how funny it would be to push women downstairs 
and watch her head split open on the pavement. Eventually, he would stop hanging out with us. I assume because he got caught on that he caught on that we were blowing up his quote unquote game. As far as I know, he never actually did harm any of these women, but it was terrifying how he seemed to get off on knowing that he could. Uh, I worked in a behavioral management unit in a maximum security prison for a couple of years. It's a unit that houses borderline personality cases, sociopaths, and psychopaths. Basically, a small unit to house the most disruptive inmates in the DOC. We had an inmate who was in prison for burning down a building with a bunch of people in it due to selling his girlfriend some bad drugs. He killed at least one of them. I don't remember the particulars. This inmate was usually polite, courteous, hardworking, everything you'd want in an inmate. Hell, he'd wa we'd watch Jeopardy most nights, and I would be blown away by his ability to answer the massive majority of the answers correctly. Then suddenly, he wouldn't be okay. The most minor perceived slight or minor transgression would change him. He would shut down and become incredibly violent. And he was so strong. He looked forward to violence. It happened intermittently, but when he did, it was a, it was a force to be reckoned with. We never had it out, but it, I was always aware that when I was speaking to him, it wasn't like having a normal conversation. It was like he had programmed responses that were designed to be exactly what I wanted to hear. Then there are the eyes on you. You hear the saying often inside the walls, nothing behind the eyes. He was the only one I ever felt like that with. His glare felt dangerous and I can't really compare it to anything I've ever experienced before or since. He made it through the program eventually. The carrot that was dangled was a choice of what prison they would like to be transferred to. He chose one that had a particular staff member that crossed him too many times years and years back. He was going there to kill them. He waited years for this opportunity. Luckily, he slipped up and someone caught on before he could make it there. Without a doubt, the most dangerous person I've ever met there is no doubt in my mind that if he had the opportunity, he felt like he need and he felt like he needed to, he wouldn't hesitate to kill me. I am so glad I'll never see him in the streets again. Okay, next one. The man who was who was the dad of one of my childhood friends who molested me, but even worse, the wife who put me back to bed during the sleepover, telling mm -hmm. me everything would be okay and not to tell anyone. Yeah. You would have never guessed these were these type of people. Totally normal, church-going, hard-working businessman with a wife and two kids. They could be anyone's next-door neighbor. Ugh. It's fucking crazy. Next one, my high school's assistant principal was busted for being part of a child porn ring. The news said that there were images of children as young as toddlers involved, but he seemed to specialize in adolescent girls. The same age as the kids at the high school where he worked. Mm, Thinking that it, he was... Probably looking at us with creepy intent makes me feel so disgusting. Before he got caught, he had this squeaky clean image. The popular kids liked him. He had helped some religious students start up a school's chapter of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Most of the students and staff were shocked. Could be anybody. Mm -hmm. Next one, I'm married now, but I had more than one close male friend in my 20s when I was vulnerable who seemed to turn on, a dime, turn on a dime and act disturbingly and then bail. 
One actually reached out to me years later and apologized and told me that he knows he made me feel guilty and like I was going crazy, but in fact, he had been planning to hurt me and he was now in therapy. That's shit. Next one, I had a guy in my automotive class in technical school. He would constantly walk around asking different people all day, what would you do if I pulled out a knife and tried to kill you right now? Just something completely out of the blue. If he had a, if I had a gun and pushed it against your forehead, would you run or try and fight me? The entire class openly told our teachers about this, and they'd always say, he's just older than you guys. He's not actually saying that stuff. As if that made any sense. Keep in mind, we were all 20 plus years old, and the guy making death threats was almost 30. Finally, he told a girl he wanted to grab her ass, and that got him kicked out of school. Not the actual death threats. This is a free and proud gun owner in Florida, FYI. Hmm. Oh, my God. Scary. It is. Uh, Reminds me of a guy in Memphis. He was going into gas station convenience stores. As he opened the door, a cute girl walked out and he said hello and smiled at her. Went and bought some stuff. When he came out, the girl's boyfriend walked up and shot him in the head in in the doorway. Dead instantly. Just for holding a door, smiling, and saying hello to attractive female. The guy got caught and is in jail for life. Fucked up. Next one, a friend of my brother's who cornered me in the kitchen in the middle of the night when we were all hanging out at my sister's place and everyone else was asleep. I was trying to be polite and sidle around him to get away, but he kept outmaneuvering me. It was... Just mildly irritating at first, I was tired and wanted to go to bed until he finally stood blatantly in the middle of the door and said something to the effect of, God, you're so uncomfortable. You keep messing with your hair. You can't make eye contact with me. Irritation turned immediately to fear because he went from social idiot who can't take a hint to predator who knows exactly what he's doing in a snap. He held that position for the next few seconds, but... It felt like hours until he finally let me go. I had planned on sleeping on the living room floor. The creep was in the guest bedroom with my brother and I passed out on the living room couch. But I was so freaked out, I went and crawled into bed with my sister. I didn't sleep that night. I wouldn't either. Asshole. Next one, my wife held the door for a guy that just a few months after this abducted two young girls walking home from school. He butchered one girl at a hog confinement, but luckily the other got away. My wife said he had dead black eyes like a shark and every hair on her body stood up as she wanted to get away from him as soon as possible. A friend's friend, we were in high school. Oh, we were high and coming home from a party in Thailand. We took a tuk-tuk home. And he asked the tuk-tuk driver to drop us off into the jungle that we'd walk home to get sober. He then got on to talk about how no one would care if we'd kill him and started detailing different ways of getting rid of his body and the tuk-tuk. I just told the driver to duck the jungle (laughs) and drop us off at a hotel That man scared the living hell out of me. I remember there was something about his eyes. They somehow made me feel like I was staring down an animal, not a man. Hmm. 
Next one, I didn't know him, but when I was in a shopping center, there was a guy who genuinely looked like a zombie. To describe what he looked like, yellow and black teeth, mostly already gone, greenish, wrinkly skin, weird posture, white hair that was falling out, and a weird smile that terrified me. I know the guy was probably sick or something, but it still terrified me. Next one, I was overseas and had just been smoking weed in a room I had rented in town when another renter had a chat with me on the porch. Turned out he was a cop, but not interested in, in small fish like me, but he had smelled the weed. Then he takes out some Polaroids of people he had shot in the line of duty. He had a pocket full, dead bodies, blood, his own little trophy collection. Uh. Anyway, managed to stay cool with him and was more careful about my smoking. <laughs> uh, next one, long ago in a small Eastern European country that shall remain nameless, I was out to eat at a fancy restaurant with some locals when they suddenly went very silent as a small, well-dressed set well-dressed man sat down at our table without invitation he proceeded to politely ask me about america in broken english it wasn't until we left the restaurant that one of the locals quietly said that he was one of the top mob bosses in the country and murdered among other things hmm. Jeez. i got rear-ended outside new york city in a brand new car in busy rush hour traffic in 1995 or so I had recently been in a hit and run, so the first thing I did was look in the rearview mirror to write down the plate number. It was either a black caddy or a town car. The passenger was an older man wearing sunglasses, a fedora, and smoking a cigar. The driver was a huge man who could have been a linebacker. As I was writing down the color, make, and model of his car, the driver knocked on my window. I got out. He seemed annoyed. No damage to my car, little to his. He looked at me and said, we were all okay here, right? I thought better to go along with that. I said, we could probably file a police report and exchange information. He said, no, we are okay. Normally, I would have insisted, but I had a pretty good idea of what type I was dealing with. He said, okay, all set then. And I said, okay, and went back to my car, and he said, wait. I almost pissed my pants. I turned around and he grabbed my right hand, shook it, looked right into my eyes and said, may we never meet again. I went back into my car and drove off as fast as I could and kept checking my rearview mirror to every so often so for that car. Never saw it again, but shook for a while on my drive to my destination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> my high school English teacher, I suppose he was the over-friendly type of teacher. He was friends with all of his students on Facebook, Instagram. He would always see your stories, pictures, and compliment you, but it always felt as if he was too friendly and too touchy-feely. It finally blew up when lots of female students made anonymous page sharing tons of screenshots of him, screenshots of him texting and sexually harassing them. Some even shared about how he would inappropriate, inappropriately touch them, but they were all afraid to report him because they thought no one would believe them. He was a very nice teacher after all. I just can't believe that he was a pedophile. He had a daughter close in age to those he would harass. It was, it has always made me scared when you find that a person you made frequent contact with is that creepy. And that was one sentence. <laughs> no punctuation whatsoever. <laughs> 
Next one, I worked at McDonald's and this dude applied. I'm the one who handed him the application and he gave off instant creepy vibes. When he came in for an interview, I told my manager he was weird, but he smiled his way through the interview and got hired. Pretty sure he was a psychopath and he knew he couldn't fake being real human in front of me. He would give me real sinister looks behind people's backs. Ended up getting fired. He pushed a big ladder over at almost and almost nailed someone. Camera saw it all. He claimed he was just venting off a little steam. He came back as a customer and reordered the same thing like 10 times and just creeping up the place and trying to walk into the kitchen to eat in the break room, etc. Manager finally called the cops. He laughed and bailed on foot across the highway. Haven't seen him since. That was weird. <laughs> Next one, when I was 16, I got to go with my best friend and her family to Germany to visit relatives. We were walking down a really busy street in Berlin, taking in scenery and chatting, when all of a sudden we hear a blood-curdling scream. I looked to my side, and a few feet away from me is a man dressed in a very dirty, tattered suit and demented clown makeup. Yeah. Thank Heath Ledger, Joker, but much less stylized. <laughs> Walking and just screaming as loud as he possibly can. He just kept walking beside us and screaming. No one really seemed to notice him. I think what freaked me out was I didn't notice him at all until he started screaming. Ugh, that was creepy. It is creepy. Next one, a few years back, I was seeing this guy. I was 20, he was 30. He seemed harmless, but there was something about his eyes. Sometimes he would look at me and I would feel cold. One day I was laying down on his sofa next to his collection of stuffed animals. Very weird, I know. <laughs> he bends over me and starts choking me. I pass out. When I wake up, he's sitting next to me on the sofa watching a movie. The fact that I passed out didn't affect him. He didn't try to wake me up. The memory of him still scares me. That is horrible. Yeah. What the fuck? I worked at a retail store, and one of the vendors that brought us bags of ice asked me if I wanted to go on a date with him. I declined. The next time he came in, he was strangely euphoric and preaching. God is so good. A couple of weeks later, I saw him on the local news for killing his toddler who was disabled. Ugh. Disgusting. Ugh. As part of custody evaluations, it didn't matter that he had murdered someone in the past was diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, and bipolar with extreme psychosis. The psychiatrist on our case said he was the, was the worst of the worst and our child should not have contact with him. Judge granted joint custody anyway after five years of court battles. Luckily, he went to prison and a month later for stalking and abusing another woman. My past history with him didn't matter in family court. And the people he murdered in the past, including a child, didn't matter. There are truly some messed up people out there. Luckily, I haven't heard from him in years. He isn't incarcerated at this time, though, and I fear for my my and my child's life every day. What the hell? Why That's wouldn't horrible. that matter? I, do, I, don't, I think it depends on the state and the judge and, like, you know, like, it's ridiculous. Next one, I met Dan Severn at a small Detroit wrestling show once. Do you know who that is? Mm -mm. I wasn't really into wrestling, so I wandered over to his table to chat with him. 
I think I asked one or two questions and he went on for about 20 to 20 to 30 minutes. He was incredibly kind to me and he was incredibly kind to talk to me, but the stuff he said was terrifying. He described how he could easily kill everyone in the ring in horrific detail. I don't know I have if I have ever met someone so positive that they could end my life immediately. I'm guessing he's a wrestler. He's a retired mixed martial artist. Oh, okay. Amateur wrestler and professional wrestler. He's probably not wrong, though. 6'2", like... 250 pounds. That's a big dude. Yeah. He probably could, like, snap people's neck. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And this is my last one. My best friend from age 8 to 15... We spent tons of time together from elementary through high school. Her dad always creeped me out. Super creep vibes. Long time, I dismissed the feeling by reasoning it was because he had a weird mustache. <laughs> uh, but he was molesting my friend and others for years. Sometimes you just know. He was deeply involved in their church community, too. Mm -hmm. He drove a bus picking up kids from rural areas so, he could, so they could attend church. Families put a lot of trust in him, and he gave me the creeps. I never really felt that way about anyone else. That's it. It's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. I did funny tweets. Okay. I'm just a mom standing in my kid's room asking why there are fruit snacks on the ceiling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> my four-year-old is in complete shock after she found out her uncle is my brother. <laughs> I asked my four-year-old if she had fun at her birthday party, and she was like, no, I like alone time. Same, girl. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> my son just turned to me and goes, you look like a minion. Mm -hmm. How do I come back from this? I, I don't think you do. No. My kid didn't want a cheese sandwich today because last time it tasted too much like cheese. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually like pretend play, but today my five-year-old had me pretend to be a baby, and all I had to do was lie on the couch and cry. And not to <laughs> brag, but I played the shit out of that. <laughs> Easy part. <laughs> No one wants to take medicine more than the healthy sibling of a sick child. Oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> I asked my six-year-old's friend when his birthday when his birthday is, and he said, the day I was born. <laughs> six-year-old, getting dressed for school. Hold on, I just need to do one thing. Me, okay. Six-year-old, curls... Crawls back into bed and pulls blanket over his head. <laughs> That's hilarious. I wish I could do that every oh my morning. God. Me too. My five-year-old asked me if we could go to someone else's house because he says we got our we go to our house a lot. <laughs> but that's your house. <laughs> Young mom, I hope he plans something nice for Mother's Day. Experienced mom. I booked my hotel room for Saturday night and we'll be back late Sunday. I bought my teen son new deodorant. It's called Harry's Redwood. I didn't realize that until I handed it to him and he started uncontrollably giggling. 
My kid thinks the Lion King song says jalapeno, and I'm never correcting him. Jalapeno? Jalapeno. What's that? Or I don't know how the Lion King song goes. Oh, when it's like, jalapeno. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Mine did not sound right at all. It does sound like jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> Teen. Mom, I heard you. Will you stop repeating yourself already? Me, 45 minutes later. Okay, let's go. We're leaving. Teen. Oh, my God. Nobody tells me anything around here. <laughs> I caught my four-year-old letting the cat lick his goldfish crackers and then putting them back in the bag. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Watching a crime scene investigator search for trace evidence is impressive, but have you ever seen a kid examine a piece of fruit for spots? (laughs) I know my daughter is just like me because when I asked why she didn't like her school's guided meditation, she said, because don't tell me when to breathe, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I used to be an atheist until I started helping my third grader with her math homework. (laughs) I accidentally spilled Coke on my husband's shoes, so now I'm waiting to see which one of my kids acts like a jerk first so I know who to blame it on. (laughs) If you open a snack in the middle of the woods, does it make a sound every toddler on the planet can hear? (laughs) Yes. I asked my five-year-old to share her grapes with her brother, and she said no. So I asked why not, and she said, I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. I'll let you know when I do, and carried on eating the grapes. Okay. (laughs) If you pass out in front of your kids, they will either try to call an ambulance or use you as a trampoline. You just don't know. (laughs) That's all I got. All right. That reminds me of a TikTok I saw. It was hilarious. This, it was like, um, what's the, what's a mean thing that a kid has said to you? Mm-hmm. And he was like, so I colored my hair. I wanted to look a little younger. And I went in and my kindergarten class asked me why I colored my hair. And I said, I want to look a little younger. And they said, what are you going to do about your face? <laughs> Uh, that's the truth, though. <laughs> that's the sad part. Yeah. It but is. I can't do anything about my face. <laughs> it's why I colored my hair. So you focus on that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook. Request to join the group. Um, right. Oh, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen, and we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye. <laughs> That's so scary, isn't it? <laughs>
that voiceover guy to do the. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I'm crying. 